This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda. And it's Brittany, bitch. Ooh, baby. <laughs> hey. I don't know why. I don't know. That kind of threw me off guard a little bit. <laughs> hey, girl. What's you doing over there? Uh, sipping on this peach tea wine cocktail. Shh. Don't tell them yet. Oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> just chilling out. Just chilling. <laughs> Y'all, it's episode 50. 50. The big five oh. The big five oh. Officially over We're old now. the hill. We're we should have had like a gravestone cake or something. We didn't think this through. We're failing. We suck. Losers. We're sorry. We'll do better. Losers. Maybe for a hundred. Okay. I'm here for it. Hundredth episode, we're going to have a graveyard themed party. I like it. Have a uh tombstone cake. Mm-hmm. We'll dress in all black. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> Do you like this idea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got that workshopped. Okay. Well, we got 50 more episodes to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in um, our true fashion, we'll probably wait until episode 98 <laughs> before we plan it. <laughs> probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we can start doing. No. Ma'am, we, we're <laughs> okay. not going to do that. No, we're not. We're not. We're don't not, lie we're to not the people. I <laughs> already posted a procrastination post. And I'm like, that's so. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's truthful. It is fine. Mm hmm. What is episode 50? Suspicious suicides. Trigger warning. Trigger warning, friends. So if. um. This is a touchy subject for you. We understand if you can't listen to the episode. We're going to try to be as mindful and respectful as possible. Yes. And because of the content of this episode, Mm -hmm. we just wanted to go ahead and make available for you guys the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. It's available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. Use it. Yes. I'll also Please. put it, I'll put it in the show notes too. Good. Just be case. Just be case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's permanent now. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, um, if you don't reach out to that, reach out to somebody. Yes. They have local hotlines in your area as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's hump day. It's hump day. Okay. <laughs> There was a dance involved. Y'all missed the dance. Sorry. Yeah, no, y'all don't get to see that. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We have not had enough alcohol in our system yet, so. mm -mm. And you'd have to be on a super high tier of Patreon to get a dancing footage. Like $50 level. (laughs) If that even exists. But if y'all want to give us 50 bucks, I mean. Yeah, we're okay with that. We have a cash app, Venmo. Mm -hmm. You can pay us through Messenger. Yeah. Yeah. We're okay with that. Just send it right along. Yeah. And we'll hurt our feelings. We'll use it for hump day treats. There you go. We take donations. <laughs> <laughs> go fund me. Because <laughs> this shit adds up. 
Just know that we love you guys. Mm-hmm. But anywho, speaking of hump day treats, mm-hmm. what is it? Um, okay, so since the topic is suspicious suicide, so it's like suicide murder, which one is it? Mm-hmm. So I got us some Sutter Home Peach Tea Wine Cocktail mm-hmm. because when you drink it, you're like... Is this fucking peach tea or is this wine? Because I can't tell. Yeah. There's no way to know. So. There's no way to know. Mm-hmm. I suggest you just drink it because to me it tastes like peach tea. It does. With a, maybe With a, kick a little bit. Yeah. Not even enough to call it like a Long Island iced tea. Like it. it no. Nah. No. Nah. No, we don't want to die. Oh, she. Okay. And she's eating the other hump day treat that I got. Okay. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, I went and stole some of my oldest daughter's birthday cake because <laughs> it's delicious and it's worth it. It's the Chantilly cake from Whole Foods. Because <laughs> we home it on a budget this week. We home it on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I tried to go somewhere else and they were closed this week for summer vacation. Apparently, people like to take vacation <sighs> as we sit here Rude. and binge after taking a month-long vacation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, but we're not a place of business that um, sells delicious goodies every day. You're right. You can go and listen to us anytime you want. It's true. But, yeah. So, there we go. That That's our hump day. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Happy humping. Happy humping, friends. Yep. And uh, after you get done humping, go to Facebook and Instagram and go look at the photos that you just missed us talking about because she was busy humping. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mama sure does care about your schooling, son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we have quite a few this week. So many pictures. I think, what, 18 total? Yep, it's worth it. Yeah. We did good. I uh, redeemed myself from last week with my one little pitiful photo. Um, It's fine. Sometimes that just happens. It's better than none. You're right. Yeah. Okay, with that being said... Let's dive into your case because I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. <laughs> it's a good one, y'all. Okay, so as soon as I wrote this topic down, mm-hmm. you know, like a year ago, yeah, I was pretty sure I was going to do this case. This fits you perfectly. In a nutshell, perfectly. Yeah, in a nutshell. I am doing the suicide of Kurt Cobain. If you don't know who that is. Sit back Get and out. educate yourself. No, we're not going to make him leave. We're educating. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So, I almost wore my Nirvana t-shirt. Why did you not? Because I was saving that for when I look cute and can take pictures of me in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, maybe the day this comes out. Maybe I'll be cute Ooh, by yeah. then. Maybe we can do that. Yeah. So, um, here we go. Rock icon Kurt Cobain died by suicide at the height of his success on April 5th, 1994. The legendary Nirvana frontman left behind his wife, child, and adoring fans to join an exclusive list of rock legends to die at the age of 27. Mm-hmm. His body was discovered inside his home in Seattle, Washington. Despite indications that Cobain killed himself, some skeptics questioned the circumstances of his death. Some believe responsibility lies with his wife, Courtney Love. Mm-hmm. So. I love Courtney Love. Her lips are fantastic. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kurt Donald Cobain was a sensitive boy growing up in Aberdeen, Washington in the 1960s. I have a picture. I've never seen a childhood <gasps> picture of him that I could remember. Oh, uh, 
Yeah. So Googling that was fun. So go to the notes and it says childhood. Look how freaking cute he is. I know. Oh my God. Okay. Does my son's hair not look like that? I was just thinking that same thing. I was like, this is like an Ashton. This is Ashton when when he doesn't get a haircut. (laughs) That's how his hair grows out. Oh, wow. But yeah, he was a cute little thing. I mean, he was cute when he was older, too. Ma'am, yes. (laughs) Ma'am, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, He showed interest in music from an early age. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to tell you his first band name. (laughs) What? 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 His first band, Fecal Matter, (laughs) (laughs) was formed in 1985 after he dropped out of high school. I, You know, I want to know something. What? I want to know how... How bands come up with their names? Mm. Same way we came up with ours. They met at Monjuni's. They met at Monjuni's <laughs> and wrote a bunch of notes and started reading things around them. Both had pens and notepads <laughs> and started brainstorming and got the name off of a damn pen. <laughs> it came off a pen. That was a really cute pen. Okay. I love that pen. <laughs> I'm laughing because it was such a good day, but the way it happened, it was just... And we workshopped so many names. We did. After we picked it, though, and I had to start, you know, setting up email addresses, I hated it. I still love you it. You know how hard it is to spell curiosities correctly? A lot. That's the longest email address in the history of man. <laughs> it really is. When you spell all that out... Yeah, we didn't we didn't think about that part. Mm-mm. 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 But we did come up with a cute little nickname for y'all, so it works. <laughs> you little oddballs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, back on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most talented musicians of his time, Kurt Cobain, was best known as the guitarist, primary songwriter, and frontman of the rock rock band Nirvana that he formed in 1987. Yeah, yeah. Nirvana's debut album, Bleach, was released by Sub Pop Records in 1989. And featured Chad Channing on drums. Things took a huge turn for the band when Dave Grohl, King, mm. replaced Channing. <laughs> everybody everybody loves Dave Grohl. How could you not? Kurt caused controversy due to his anti-establishment persona and is widely thought of as one of the most influential figures in alternative rock history. The band recorded Nevermind, their 1991 album released by Geffen Records. Yeah, yeah. The massive success of the single, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Amanda Shanning. <laughs> that was pretty cute. Steven can put the song in place of yeah, that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thrust Nirvana into the mainstream and immediately popularized the grunge subgenre of alternative rock. The so, best. I have a picture of the band when they yeah, were little yeah. babies. Okay, let's go. They see. look like little babies to me. Dave Grohl looks like a little baby. It says Nirvana. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. I love this picture. Dave, I, without all the facial hair and everything, I know. so young. I looked through so many pictures. And one of the most popular ones is of three of them wearing suits mm-hmm. and ties. Mm-hmm. And that's that, not, no. that's not them. Mm-mm. So I did this one. I love it. It's better. perfect. It's more better. It's way more better. <laughs> Way more gooder. <laughs> it's way more gooder. <laughs> you gotta say it with an accent makes it better. 
Um, makes a gooder. <laughs> it may- Way more gooder. Way more gooder. Oh my gosh. Is that better? <laughs> yeah. Is that gooder? I'm here for it. Okay. As Nirvana soared to the top of the charts, Kurt Cobain was becoming truly disenchanted with the idea of rock stardom. He felt that it went against his underground roots to become a mainstream star. He hated the thought of being the voice of a generation since he often felt like the media misinterpreted his message. Yes. So, I have a picture of one of the last performances of Kurt Cobain, and it was when he did the MTV Unplugged. It says Unplugged on there. Oh, God, that was so good. I've watched this so many times. I, I, remember, I watched it when it debuted. I remember it. Oh, I didn't watch it when it debuted. Yes, I watched baby. it on Fuse years later. Oh, yeah, a few years on you. <laughs> one. One year. One, yeah, one year. Because I'm 23. What's no, one I'm year? 22 and you're 21. Yeah, see, I can't even keep my age We're just straight. fucking it all up. Ignore me. But anyway. Um, I got distracted by him. Yeah. Sorry. So that was one of his last performances, and it's fabulous. You should, I mean, it's everywhere. It is you the can best. You can find it everywhere. It is so good. So good. And the cardigan is goals. So I, I want it. I have like a Hunter Green one that looks a lot like that, but it's not quite there. No, his just looks perfect. It's perfectly worn in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Cobain's downward, downward, downward. I can't read. Sward, sward. I don't know. It was like the sward. Are you talking about? (laughs) It was like a couple of episodes ago. It was somebody's name, I think, and we were like, "I I sward." He did something. I can't remember that, but all of a sudden, what the frack (laughs) just (laughs) resurfaced in my brain? Wow, (laughs) taking it way back. Frack off. Okay, sorry. <laughs> We're we okay. Have got to We're focus. We're okay. Focus. Okay, I did a little hip bob. <laughs> Cobain's downward spiral began in Italy the month before his death. He went into a coma and nearly died after mixing champagne and rohypnol. That's uh, roofies. Yes, date rape drug. Yeah, he took a lot of it. Um, The public was led to believe that the coma was induced by an accidental heroin overdose since Cobain had a well-known history with the drug. When they got back home to Seattle, the police were called to Cobain and Love's home. She called them to tell them that Kurt had locked himself in his room with guns and bottles of pills. When police asked him if he'd been threatening to kill himself, he claimed he was hiding from Courtney. Maybe. (laughs) You never know. They were a little tumultuous. Yeah. A little bit. I don't care. I still love him. Mm-hmm. Although Cobain said in a 1991 interview that he didn't believe in guns, the officers mm-hmm. confiscated four from his home. As his wife and friends watched him fall, they attempted to intervene. Cobain reluctantly checked into a rehabilitation clinic in Los Angeles called Exodus Recovery Center at the end of March. There he would spend his last moments with his daughter, Frances. She was one. When he died. Oh, God. So, I have a picture of the little family, if you want to pop over to the notes and look at that. It's his family. Mm. Look how perfect they are. So perfect. Like, you can't get any more perfect than that. Yep. I love the sunglasses. He's always got on the best sunglasses. I know, and I love his sunglasses. Like, they're mm-hmm. so chic. <laughs> chic. And so, yes, to match her lips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So he escaped the facility by climbing over a wall. 
On March 30th, he walked away from the clinic without telling anyone. Yep. His patient wristband was still on his wrist when he died. Yeah. For the next few days, Love could not find him and decided to hire a private detective, Tom Grant, on April 3rd. Some reported seeing Kurt walking around, hanging out in a park, and spending the night at his old home incarnation, the one that he grew up in. Mm, okay. His mother, Wendy O'Connor, issued a missing persons report, but according to Grant, it was actually Courtney Love who had filed the missing persons report in O'Connor's name. Mm. It's not clear why she would have wanted to do that, but Grant used this information in his summary of events later. Okay. He was hinting that Love was not being entirely truthful about her husband early on in the investigation. So, I don't know. It seems sketch, but... It um, does, but I actually understand. Coming from a group full of addicts, too, like, mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. Well, she was just covering her ass. I mean, you know... I it, still... In, in the heat of the moment is what I think she was doing. Like, I don't think she did it to be... Sneaky or shady. If Stephen went missing, I wouldn't pretend to be his mom and file a missing person's yeah, report. She was also not in her right mind either. I actually probably would just run away to cover my <laughs> ass. <laughs> they always look at the significant other. <laughs> you're, you're screwed. Just hit the road. I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to Mexico and I'm actually going to Iceland. No, don't tell everybody where you're actually going. I'm not really going to tell them. I'm not even going to tell you. What are you talking about? Why would you... No, I don't want to know. Mm-mm. I don't want to. I don't want to know. Because it's, it's for your own yeah, safety. For, okay, <laughs> you just got to let me know you're okay somehow, some way. Find, okay. find, find a way. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we got that established. <laughs> what is wrong with no, us today? That, that was a little dark and twisty, but <laughs> logical. So many side tangents. <laughs> okay, we'll get through this eventually. <laughs> Haunted by untreated depression and bipolar disorder. Chronic stomach pain and an addiction to heroin, Kurt Cobain's final days were tragic. He had convinced a friend to buy him a gun, claiming he needed it for protection. On April 5th, he returned home. So, let's go look at the notes so we can see this most perfect house Oh my god, their Seattle house? Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. It's the perfect amount of cottagey and modern. I want it. And it's beautiful. Well, um, just so you know, if you really want it, it's for sale. How much? You only need $7.5 million and it's that's yours. it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, girl, we're going to the bank on Monday. Because not that many people want to live in Seattle. Now, if that house was in Los Angeles, it'd be a lot more than that. Do you know how much? I, I don't. I would it live rains in Seattle. all the time. I know. I would love that. I'm okay with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. The original right. Starbucks is there. So we are now taking donations to buy Seattle's. I mean, Kurt Cobain's Seattle house, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to do with the money. Yeah. Okay? We only need $7.5 <laughs> But they're going for a good cause. You guys can come and visit on schedule. No, no. Days. Stop inviting people. Stop inviting people to our home. We'll give tours. Okay. <laughs> we can make money. Okay. Only in certain parts. Okay. Yeah. Not the whole house. Yeah. I'm a fucking fuck. Oh, my God. What is happening? I don't know. I don't know either. Where am I? Okay. He ingested enough Valium and heroin to reach near-fatal levels. Mm. Investigators, friends, and relatives searched the town and even his home three times. But nobody thought to look above the garage. Oh. The beloved singer was discovered by electrician Gary Smith, 
who arrived to install a security system. Coming up to the room above the garage, Gary thought he was asleep until he saw how a gun was pointing at his chin. Uh, Kurt Cobain was dead on the floor with a shotgun across his chest and fresh injections in both of his arms. So I have a little crime scene picture. Mm. It's not very, um, it's not graphic at, at all. Actually. Okay, good. Cause I can't, um, but it says scene on it and it's just what a picture that a reporter had taken through a window. Yeah. So all you see is his okay, that's not bad. foot, leg, and hand, mm-hmm. and some of the the stuff that was next to his body. And you see investigators in there, but it's not graphic at all. Okay, yeah. We're, um, we're good. And actually, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but there's some controversy around the fact that no one can find photographs of his entire body. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of cray. That is kind of cray. We can find photos of everything else. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, you want to know something else that's really, like, fucked up? People are so fucked up. Yes, they are. When I was Googling um, crime scene pictures, because I knew there were a bunch floating out there, mm-hmm. the amount of people that tried to recreate this and take pictures and post them online mm, mm-hmm. is insane. Mm-hmm. Don't do that, y'all. And some of them were quite graphic, but I knew because I had been researching and looking at photos already of other things. I knew that wasn't the right location. I knew that's not what he was wearing. You know, so I knew those weren't correct. Okay. If you're going to recreate it, at least recreate it correctly. It was was insane. But that's that's fucked up. That is fucked up. Uh, No. No, no. So, Seattle police stated the cause was a self-inflicted shotgun blast. The bullet had struck his head through his mouth. According to a medical examiner's report, he had been lying there for two and a half days, and he was identifiable only by his fingerprints. Fuck. There was Cobain's suicide note, quoting Neil Young's lyric that it is, quote, better to burn out than to fade away. Mm-hmm. Cobain kept his drugs and paraphernalia in an old Tom Moore cigar box. The box was found near his body. I have a picture of it um, closer up because it was in the, the same picture. Yeah. But if you look at the cigar box picture, it's like a up close and personal of what was in the cigar box. Ah, okay. There it is. There's syringes and a spoon. And oh, yeah. He's got everything he needs. Yeah. A little kit there. Okay. I used to keep crayons in a cigar box at my grandmother's house. I know. Ma'am. Ma'am. Not heroin. Not the same. <laughs> the coroner ruled that he had completed suicide. In the suicide note that was found near Kurt's body, which was addressed to his imaginary friend from childhood, Boda, messages were included for his wife, daughter, and fans. So I have a picture of the note. <gasps> yes. They found it just outside of the room he was in, in a planter box. And it that's was weird. It was staked in place by yeah. the red pen. Yeah. So that's that's where they found it. So this note is steeped in controversy, as many believe the handwriting and content in the first and second halves of the note don't match up. It read, quote, Speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who obviously would rather be an emasculated infantile complainee, this note should be pretty easy to understand. All the warnings from the Punk Rock 101 courses over the years since my first introduction to the, shall we say, ethics involved with independence and the embracement of your community has proven to be very true. 
I haven't felt the excitement of listening to as well as creating music along with reading and writing for too many years now. I feel guilty beyond words about these things. For example, when we're backstage and the lights go out and the manic roar of the crowd begins, it doesn't affect me the way in which it did for Freddie Mercury, who seemed to love, relish in the love and adoration from the crowd, which is something I totally admire and envy. The fact is, I can't fool you, any one of you. It simply isn't fair to you or me. The worst crime I can think of would be to rip people off by faking it and pretending as if I'm having 100% fun. Mm. Sometimes I feel as if I should have a punch-in time clock before I walk out on stage. I tried everything within my power to appreciate it, and I do, God believe me, I do, but it isn't enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have affected and entertained a lot of people. It must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate things when they're gone. I'm too sensitive. I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasms I once had as a child. On our last three tours, I've had a much better appreciation for all the people I've known personally and as fans of our music, but I still can't get over the frustration, the guilt, and empathy I have for everyone. There's good in all of us, and I think I simply love people too much, so much that it makes me feel too fucking sad. The sad, little, sensitive, unappreciative Pisces Jesus man. Why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. I have a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy and a daughter who reminds me too much of what I used to be, full of love and joy, kissing every person she meets because everyone is good and will do her no harm. And that terrifies me to the point where I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis becoming the miserable, self-destructive death rocker that I've become. I have it good, very good, and I'm grateful, but since the age of seven, I've become hateful towards all humans in general. Only because it seems so easy for people to get along that have empathy. Only because I love and feel sorry for people too much, I guess. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for your letters and concern during the past years. I'm too much of an erratic, moody baby. I don't have the passion anymore, and so remember, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Peace, love, empathy, Kurt Cobain. Francis and Courtney, I'll be at your altar. Please keep going, Courtney, for Francis, for her life, which will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. And now I'm going to go cry. Since he talked about Courtney and Francis at the end, mm-hmm. I have a picture of them more recent. It says Court and Francis. And she is fucking gorgeous. Wow. They made such a pretty, a pretty young lady. Wow. Yeah. But there they are. It looks like they're in Paris. Yeah. But she's beautiful. I'm in awe. I have mm-hmm. not seen a recent picture of her. She tries to stay wow. out of the limelight. I don't blame her. I would, mm-hmm. too. Wow. I kind of went off in a whole other tangent of her talking about, because um, they reopened his case in 2014, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and her talking about all the trauma she experienced, even though she was a year old, having to grow up with that story and everything happening and swirling around oh, her. Sure. Oh, and my gosh. She talked about them reopening the case was just like reopening her wound when, you know, everybody around them knew that, yeah, you know, he had he had done this himself. So poor baby. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> I can't imagine. Shit just got heavy. Yeah, it did. God, right. that note. Wow. <clears throat> okay. So Courtney Love was seemingly in complete shock. She wore her husband's jeans and socks and carried a lock of his hair with her. Craig Montgomery, who managed her band whole, was confident she'd be all right. She's a strong enough person that she can take it, he said. It was hard to imagine Kurt growing old and contented. For years, I've had dreams about it ending like this. The thing that weirds me out is how alone and shut out he felt. It was him that shut out a lot of his friends. 
A public vigil was held on April 10, 1994, where his widow, Courtney, read sections of his suicide note to the gathered crowd of 7,000. That's why I didn't feel bad reading it to you guys, because she, yeah, no. she presented it to the public herself. Yeah. She later gave some of Kurt's clothing to mourners. Wow. Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl said of the death, quote, I remember the day after that I woke up and I was heartbroken that he was gone. I just felt like, okay, so I get to wake up today and have another day, and he doesn't, end quote. Fuck. I know. Okay. Not everyone was convinced Cobain killed himself. Cobain's former lawyer and a private investigator were both suspicious of the suicide letter. Some have argued that a person with a high concentration of heroin in their system would have never been able to kill themselves with a six-pound Remington 20-gauge and its long barrel. Yeah. Cobain's death then and now has been ruled a suicide, but private investigator Tom Grant believes that Kurt Cobain was murdered. Specifically, Grant thinks that Cobain's wife, Courtney Love, was involved in a conspiracy that resulted in his murder. After Cobain's body was discovered, Grant was confused by the suicide ruling. It wasn't until December 1994 that he started publicly raising questions about Cobain's death and talking about the suspicious things he'd observed. At the core of his reasoning is the belief that Cobain couldn't have injected himself with such a large amount of heroin and then been able to shoot himself. Grant believes that even a heroin addict would have been able would have been unable, excuse me, to pick up a gun. He also believes that there were inconsistencies in his suicide note. Grant thinks that the top half of Cobain's letter was meant to announce that he was going to leave the music business. Since the bottom half of the note has different content, he thinks it could have been written by someone else. While Grant has been the most vocal believer of this theory, investigative journalists Ian Halpern and Max Wallace have also publicly supported it. Halpern and Wallace have both published books that make the case that he was murdered. Cobain's own grandfather raised questions about his grandson's death, even even like up until his own death. Wow, okay. Yeah. He was even quoted saying that he believed Cobain had been murdered. Many others believe... That this idea is just a conspiracy theory. Seattle police detectives, a forensic linguist, and even Nirvana's former manager have maintained that their belief that the suicide ruling was correct. Many of Cobain's family members and friends seem to have accept accepted this also, at least publicly. Okay. Uh, so. Boy, that just really hit me. Yeah. Relieving the trauma. Um, um, my thoughts are. Okay. In case anybody cares. I care. Okay. You can tell me. <laughs> I I think that he completed suicide. I do too. I think that there's not really any way to know the time span in which he consumed all of the drugs that he right. did. Right. Right. And someone who is an addict, unless you have been an addict, which you I'm sure Tom Grant has not been. Right. You don't know you don't, what somebody's capable of. You don't understand how well they can function. And if you are high and depressed mm -hmm. and in your feelings to the point to where you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm writing my suicide note. Yeah. Of course, the content is going to be all over the place because your Absolutely. brain's all over the place at the moment. Yes. So, I, yeah, I think that sadly this was of his own doing. And I think... Courtney Love's erratic behavior is because of her own issues. Yes. And people deal with things in much different Everybody ways. Everybody grieves differently. So. Absolutely. I did watch a documentary Ooh. called Soaked in Bleach a long time ago. I haven't watched it in years. But when I, the first time I ever watched that, I was like, oh, that bitch killed him. The way they spun I know, it. I know, I know. I thought she had done it. 
and you weren't going to convince me otherwise. But doing my own research, I I don't think she had anything to do with it. Yeah, I had a point in time that um, I believe that she did it too, and I hated Courtney Love and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, after realizing and putting all the truths together, it's absolutely possible. I still listen to Hole. <laughs> Even when I thought she murdered him, I still listened to Hole. Because <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, that's that's my case. I'm going to agree with you on that. Because mm-hmm. he could have started writing that note like when he was in a different frame of mind. He may have been a little bit sober, so his handwriting was a little bit different. And then mm-hmm. as he got more, you know, high, yep. it changed. So sad. I also read something else about, um, I think she was his cousin. Who is a doctor or in the medical field. Okay. And she was talking about their family's history with um, depression and addiction and bipolar disorder and how he had all of these things that was going untreated. He he wasn't, he was self-medicating for his bipolar disorder and depression. And she said, sadly, whether he was a famous rock star or not, he prob- probably would have come to this conclusion if he was treating it the same way. So, yeah, she said just the type of person he is, everything he went through in his life and how he was self-medicating and not seeking the proper help. He may have ended she up said, like that. She said anyway. It, yeah, it probably would have happened anyway. Yeah. But it, it's very sad. Yeah. I'm going to go get another drink. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Oh, make me over. <laughs> That's what song came into my head. It's my favorite whole song. But, you know, my favorite Nirvana song is not Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh-uh. It's uh, Heart Shaped Box is my favorite one. Oh, that's perfect. That is a good one. Yeah. All right, let's do the damn thing. Okay. Okay, my case is about Christian Andrakio. Okay, that's a last name. It is, uh, yeah. When I first read it, I was like, some high? What? Uh, Did you turn on Google Translate? Yes, I did. Andrakio. And there were several different ways to say it, so. Great. Yeah, but thank God there was a 48 hours (laughs) episode about it. So I was like, oh, yes. Okay, I'm going with that. Got it. All right. So what started out as a regular day for the family of Christian in February of 2014 quickly turned into a tragedy that sparked years of searching for answers about his mysterious death. New developments in the investigation regarding the young man's death uh, mean that the case could be far from over. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I don't know. We will see. Um, I have two little photos of Christian. Okay. Okay. With his shaved head. In his Hollister sweatshirt. <laughs> I can't say that I didn't have one of those. Uh, me neither. It's just very telling of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's got hair. And Christian, too, he's got his hair. That is a really famous photo. So I had to throw that dude, one in there. Dude, he's got pretty lips for a dude, man. Yeah, he does. <laughs> All um, right. I think he gets them from his dad. I'm okay. Not, I'm not really positive. But he kind of looks a lot like his dad. All righty. Christian grew up on Dalewood Shore Lake in Mississippi. 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 From a very young age, he loved the water. 
Christian's mother, Ray, and father, Todd, described their son as a hard worker who was on the verge of becoming one of the youngest towboat captains on the Mississippi and facing a long, successful career. Okay, tugboats. Yeah, get Towboat. it. I said tugboat. It's both. Okay. I say tugboat and Boats towboat. and hose. Boats, Boats and hose. <laughs> they're, they're the same thing. <laughs> At that time, he worked offshore on a tugboat called the Magnolia Marine. I'm here for this story. All right. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. <laughs> he loved to be the center of attention and the life of the party. His mom said he was a flirt. It didn't matter what age you were. I think she said it didn't matter if you were 15 or 80. I'm like, ew. Oh, my God. It's my son. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the hair. What the hell is happening? <laughs> Ashton will flirt with a kid his age. He'll flirt with the yoga moms at Target, mm -hmm. with the baristas at Starbucks, and with the little old ladies. He don't give a shit. He just bats them baby blues. I'm just disappointed that they took my supermodel photo down at Target. Because now... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when you used to take him, you'd be like, that's Miss Amanda. That's Miss Amanda. No, baby, that's not. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's me. It's me. He used to point at this cardboard cutout of this supermodel <laughs> for some kind of skincare stuff and thought it was Amanda. <laughs> it's Miss Amanda. Nah, dude. I'm pretty sure you sent me a photo of it. <laughs> Might have to track that down. <laughs> okay, so anyways, like Ashton, he always had a way to make people smile. <laughs> I have a photo of his parents. Okay. So we can see where he gets the lips from. Let's see. There's Ray and Todd. Oh, it's definitely from his dad because his mom ain't got no lips. She ain't got none. She Poor ain't baby. Got no lips. Mm -mm. Mm. But okay. Yeah, he does look a lot like his dad. Yeah. Okay, here we go. And one of those people that he made smile was a young girl named Whitley Goodman. Okay. Supposedly, they met at a party one night and the rest is history. They started dating and after only a few weeks, Whitley moved in with Christian and his family. Um, But why do... I bet you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whitley <laughs> had recently dropped out of high school so she could become a cosmetologist slash hairstylist. Okay. Well, they need to know how to read and write too. So you might as well finish school. Right. Okay. You got to learn how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Got to speak good. All right, Whitley. <laughs> um, his parents said first that Whitley was a really sweet and quiet girl, but then she started becoming jealous. Okay. According to his mom, she damaged a photo that had Christian and his ex-girlfriend in it. She, like, stabbed out the faces. Oh, my God. And it was cray. And then she gave it to his mom. I don't know the context. <laughs> I don't know if she said, um, hey, something happened to the photo or. Hey, look, look how bad shit crazy <laughs> I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, don't you want me as a daughter-in-law? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the family. I don't know. Either way, um, they kicked her out after that. Yeah, because that shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. Christian's dad thought she was a quote-unquote nut. Mm-hmm. But Christian was like, she goes, I go. Oh, gosh. My biggest fear. Yeah. So they moved into an apartment that he paid for. He actually paid for everything. So his parents accused her of being a gold digger. I mean, he paid for her phone, her car, like everything. Oi. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that goes both ways. You know how the story goes. Um, Whitley's mom said that Christian was extremely controlling and that would make her um, stay on the phone at night with him for hours while he was um, out on hitches mm -hmm. while he was offshore. 
Um, so he could keep up with her whereabouts. They were only together for six months. What in the actual fuck is happening? Six months. <laughs> what is happening? I got a picture of Christian and Whitley. Okay. There she is. Okay. I have thoughts that I'm going to keep to myself. You know what, though? She's cute. Yeah, she's cute. She is cute. I'm going to keep going. You'll, okay. I'll, I'll let you form okay. your own appear, opinion. Okay. Um, let me get back to where I was. That would help. Christian was found dead in the bathroom of his apartment in Meridian on February 26, 2014. I've been to Meridian. Have you? Yeah. I don't even, I didn't even look to see where it is. Where is Meridian? It's halfway between here and Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's why I've been there. Mm. <laughs> okay. Passing through. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good spend the night point before you finish your stretch to Chattanooga. I don't know how I know that. <laughs> Probably. Steven's sister lives in Chattanooga. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Hmm. All right, so dead in the apartment. Okay. That happened. Yep. So he was found dead in the apartment. He was kneeling on the bathroom floor with his upper body slumped into the bathtub, Mm-mm. blood pooling down in the drain. Mm-hmm. Both his girlfriend and one of his friends were at his apartment that day. I have a photo of the bathroom. It does not show anything. Don't worry. Okay. It's a pretty standard apartment bathroom, looks like. Yeah. Except for the beer bottle on the sink. That's um, That's gross. And this is when it's cleaned up. But you can, it's, the picture's a little grainy, but if you look really close, you can see blood spatter a little bit, but most of it just, it, it looks pixelated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Okay. Anyways. Um, Christian's friend Dylan was the other guy that was there, called the Meridian police, but investigators who arrived to ex- assess the scene reported that they were interrupted by an order from then police Chief James Lee to stop investigating and rule the death as a suicide. They were only there for 45 minutes. 45 minutes. And he wasn't even there. The police chief wasn't even there. Nope. He called and he said, Hey, nope, we're done. It's a suicide. Get out of there. So let me guess. He's Dylan's uncle. No. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't, I don't know. Plays golf with Whitley's dad. (laughs) There's got to be something there. Mm-hmm. I, why would you only slip with I mean, Willie's mom and really? feel guilty? <laughs> <laughs> something, something happened. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I have a picture of Dylan and Whitley. Okay, I mean you already saw what she looked like, but yeah, this one was stuck together. So there's Dylan, this cute little pink shirt on. They was fucking. <laughs> They was fucking. I got my conclusions already. I'm done. All right. Keep going. Okay. Events from that point can be described as bizarre at best and suspicious at worst. So, here's what had happened. Okay. Christian set out for a 30-day hitch on February 22nd, 2014. However, on the night of the 25th, according to a statement from Cheryl Stanley, a friend and co-worker on his boat, um, Christian began receiving phone calls from a male telling him that he had seen Christian's girlfriend riding around with a dope dealer in Christian's BMW and that he needed to come home. Let me guess. That was Dylan. Yes, it was Dylan. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was in a good mood, Stanley told Mississippi Today about Christian's <laughs> demeanor that night. 
He said he was going to go over home and get his car and lock his apartment and make sure that Whitley um, got back to her grandmother's where she was supposed to have been. Then he was supposed to have been back to the boat for a crew change at 530 that evening. Police have never interviewed Cheryl Stanley. Yeah, fucking up, Meridian. They fucked up big time. According to a timeline created by the Andrakios, um, attorney based on cell phone records, police reports, and witness interviews, Christian and Dylan arrived at Willow Ridge Apartments in Meridian around 11.30 a.m. Whitley, who was living in the apartment, was also there. So, from then until about 5 p.m. that day, the only two people around Christian were Dylan and Whitley. Okay. Each has a different version about what happened between 11.30 a.m. and the time that the police arrived to find his body. According to the timeline, this is what they said. Okay. Dylan told the police that when he and Christian arrived at the apartment that morning, Whitley and Christian immediately began arguing. Dylan said that during the course of the argument, Christian put a gun to his head and threatened to shoot himself, telling Whitley to tell him that she loved him. Tell me you love me! Oh, my God. Before Dylan intervened and took the gun from him, he said that he um, emptied the chamber and that he put it up. Okay. I have a text message from Christian to Whitley. Okay. It says, if if this doesn't work, when I get to my apartment, I'm putting my pistol in my mouth and I'm ending this and I'm ending this once and for all because Whitley, you're the closest I've ever been to happiness. It is severely misspelled. It's so bad. <laughs> but he sent that oh, like, like some, that day. So like somebody who didn't finish high school would have typed? No, he finished. I don't think he typed it. <laughs> I don't think he wrote that. You don't, you don't think so? Mm-mm. Hmm. Mm. I'm going to keep going. Okay. After the situation with um, Christian and Whitley calmed down, Dylan said that he told them that he was going to go get food and asked if they wanted anything. Dylan says that Christian gave him his debit card and told him to go pick up the food. He Mm -hmm. also said that Christian told him to go to the credit union and take out all of his money out of his account. (coughs) Bullshit. Yep. (coughs) In addition to going to the phone store to fix Whitley's phone... Which had reportedly been broken in the argument. Now she broke it a couple weeks ago, and now that Christian wasn't there to tell her she couldn't get a new one, she had her fuck buddy go get it fixed. I don't know. He may have been wanting to go through her phone, and he got broke. Mm. Either way. Either way. So Dylan is seen in on a video footage at Christian's credit union attempting to withdraw the money around 1230. He was not able to retrieve it because he didn't have the PIN number. So, he just left. Okay. Here's my thing. If somebody gives you their debit card and says, go pull out all my money and didn't give you their PIN number, wouldn't you just call them and be like, hey, bro, I I need your PIN number? Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. why did he just leave? If that was actually okay, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you just call him? Because it wasn't okay. Because it wasn't okay. (sighs) When Dylan returned to the apartment later that afternoon, he saw Whitley asleep on the couch. He then went upstairs to look for Christian, and that's when he found him in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Whitley's version of events is a little bit different. 
She never mentioned Christian putting a gun to his head um, to the police, either that day or later in interviews. In fact, that night when being driven to the police station, she told an investigator that she doesn't believe she ever heard him talk about hurting himself. Okay. Goodman said um, that because she had taken Xanax the night before, Um, that she slept through the gunshot that killed Christian and didn't wake up until Dylan came home. Um, That's not how that works. Mm Mm-hmm. Investigators initially ruled his death a suicide, and it is a ruling that stands to this day. At this point, there have been further investigation by multiple agencies. When I say multiple, I mean multiple. Like, it's gone through a bunch. Um, But they've all determined that it was a suicide. Mm -hmm. However, his family did not believe he would have taken his own life. I believe 100% that he was murdered, says his mother. And, I mean, his dad says that, too. Like, they Mm -hmm. are adamant. He did not do it. He would not do it. There was actually somebody else in their um, community that killed themselves. And his mom, Ray, said that he told her, that Christian told her, Mom, like, I I would never do that. If somebody ever says that I committed suicide, you better come looking because I didn't do it. Okay. Yeah. The Andrakio family hired a team of their own investigators to look in this evidence. And they came up with a different conclusion, which was homicide. Mm Mm-hmm. Forensic pathologist Dr. Jonathan Arden believes the way that Christian was found leaning over a bathtub with little blood spatter. There was only a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not not enough. When you see other yeah. crime scenes, when people shoot themselves, there's a lot of blood. Right. Everywhere. And there really wasn't that much. Okay. Um, so, And he also believes that his body was moved after he was killed. Okay. None of this lines up for him to have shot himself in the position where he was found. It's a staged scene. Law enforcement authorities and crime scene reconstructionists later concluded that certain aspects of the crime scene didn't add up. Okay, Christian was right-handed, and he shot himself in his right temple. But where they found the pistol, it was in between his left leg and the bathtub. Like where he was slumped over. How how does... Unless it fell, and that's where it, like, ended up when he fell over. Okay, I could see it falling over there, though. I yeah, I mean, I can, I can see. Because when you just, when your arm just flops and you down drop, and your hand opens. I think it's it possible that it could have landed there. Yeah, okay. And uh, what else? Why was the gun, a forty-five Kimber semi-automatic 1911 pistol, was found... Um, in an uncocked position with a live round in the chamber, but it had been fired. So, so why was it uncocked? Yeah. And Dylan said that he emptied the chamber. Okay. Um, That's yeah. a little suspicious. If the death was definitely a suicide, why did the coroner rule it as undetermined? Because he couldn't be paid off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why did forensic experts hired by the Andrakio family conclude that the blood spatter in the bathroom and the location of a bullet hole near an electrical outlet above the sink behind Christian did not line up with what had with what would have happened if he had shot himself? Okay. Things just didn't fit, said Meridian Police Chief Benny DuBose. Sure. Okay. He came on board after Chief Lee was fired. <laughs> 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 Following allegations of sexual harassment. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm going to keep that little tidbit in uh-huh. there. That's funny. 
Yep, he banged Whitley's mom and he felt bad. So <laughs> he was like, just rule it suicide, y'all. Gotta cover this shit up. After he was fired, acting police chief Buck Roberts <laughs> handed the case over to the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, which the Andrakio family says submitted an investigative report to District Attorney Bilbo Mitchell. Bilbo Baggins. Yes. Okay. At the end of 2014. Despite a court order on September in September 2015 requiring the MBI to turn over the report to the family, the report has still not been released. Mm-hmm. Please don't like to share their documents. No, they don't. They're not too good They really don't. They're really stingy. Mm -hmm. The Meridian Police Department's ongoing investigation has been a joke. Mm -hmm. Um, They question why certain people weren't interviewed, why police never looked into the fact that Christian's vehicle was moved in his work parking lot in Vicksburg the day he died in Meridian, and why there has been a lack of communication between the department and the family. Also, I didn't put this in here, but... Um, they couldn't find Christian's phone. Okay. And Whitley was like, I don't know where it is. I don't have it. Is guess, that the one guess that went what to get she, fixed? Guess what she turned in a few days later? His phone. Christian's phone. Because she was deleting shit off of it. She was deleting shit and probably, um. Sending text messages? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Slank See? Slank. Yeah, I know. That's why I was Knew like. It. Oh, just. Shut up, Brittany! Um, And even more striking, why was gunshot residue found by police on the hands of both Whitley and Dylan? Bum, bum, bum. They only found, um, on Christian, it was only on his palm. Because he didn't shoot himself. That's why. Yep, yep, yep. Whitley's explanation for that, according to police reports, is that she and three friends had shot a gun in the early morning hours near Hayes Road in Meridian, like the day before. Ma'am, ma'am. Mm-hmm. ma'am. You know, when she took the Xanax. I'm going to need you to call down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Um, Ray and Todd wanted to have a private lab test the DNA on the gun, but they were given the runaround. Ray said that she and her husband never heard anything further further regarding the DNA testing. Mm -hmm. A grand jury heard the case in 2017 and did not indict Whitley and Dylan. They refused to be interviewed to their day to this day, but their mommies say they're innocent. Of course their mommies do. Yeah. I, I have a picture of their mommies. Okay. Yeah. On the left is Whitley's mom, Christy, and then there's Dylan's mom, Pam. Okay. Garbage. Yeah. All right. They're like, we've mourned his loss, too. Ma'am. I'm over these bitches. (sighs) And now, 48 Hours has learned the case involving Christian's death may not be over. In reporting the story... Um, they discovered a key investigative report and the case was not presented to the grand jury in 2017. Okay. Um, it was a report from the police captain at the time. Okay. I forgot what his name was. Shit. Oh boy. Anyways, he's in his report. He said that it was a homicide, Mm -hmm. but that report was never shown to the jury. Because that was probably before, um... Harassment guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. called to mm-hmm. tell them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so when told the discovery of the investigative report, prosecutor Cassie Coleman said that she was willing to do a new investigation to present the new information. Mm-hmm. Ray says that she's hopeful that if a grand jury is reconvened, they will one day find justice for Christian. We're 100% confident that the, if the information is presented fairly, that people will be indicted. And then, of course, there will be a trial. Okay. So, why? Because if, if it was, was fucking Dylan... <laughs> wait. Well, and they no, wanted the no, apartment no, sh- and the BMW... Sh- and the money. Stop it. Okay. That's what happened, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I want to answer my own question. I'm sorry. Was there a motive? <laughs> tell. Please do tell. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Phone records from early January 2014 show Whitley texted Christian about the possibility of being pregnant. <laughs> She reportedly asked who would take care of her and the baby if something happens to Christian. We need to get married, she tells him. See? I know! (laughs) Christian's co-worker, Cheryl Stanley, says that later that same month, Christian told her he was thinking about buying a life insurance policy with Whitley as the beneficiary. But you don't get it if he completes suicide, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think she's so adamant that he's never been suicidal? Ever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stanley said she strongly advised him not to take out a policy, and he agreed. Having worked on the boat with Christian for three years, she described him as being like a son. Mm-hmm. I'll put it this way. Christian would never, ever have killed himself because he loved life too much. I mean, me and him always made joking comments like, if something ever happens to me, I didn't do it. But he was outgoing, full of fun, and you didn't have a dull moment around him. In February 2014, Christian asked his father, Todd, about making a life, about taking out a life insurance policy. And Todd also was like, fuck no. Don't do that. She's yeah. a nut. <laughs> a nut. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> They were never able to determine whether he actually did take out a policy. How are you not able so, to determine that? You got Google. You I got mean, Please Google. Super Google. Super Google. <laughs> I love that. Super Google. I want access to Super Google. Super Google. They got, you got, they got ways to find things. I, I can't even. You talk. can't tell. They me got ways the, of finding like, things. You can't tell me that they can't like contact all the insurance agencies or just yes. Get on the Super Google. Oh, my God. Look at his bank account and see if he purchased a life insurance policy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm over here, like, hollering at you like you did it. (laughs) That's a good idea. Oh, my God. Although arrests weren't... Weren't. (laughs) (laughs) Although arrest warrants for murder have been issued for Whitley and Dylan... They have never been arrested. Of course not. DeBose says the arrests have not been made because he and the city prosecutor agreed there wouldn't be enough evidence to get murder charges through a pre- preliminary hearing. And there's really not. They're like, it's circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, they had physical evidence. Gunshot residue. I mean, gunshot residue. 
Okay, we heard Whitley's excuse. What's Dylan's excuse? Mm-hmm. Why'd he have the gun residue? Because he didn't go with her. He it went, was two of her cousins and some other dude. He wasn't shooting at Hayes Road. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. So why he have it on him? I don't even know, friend. <laughs> Ugh. She was trying to imply that Dylan killed him. Probably because she fucking that dude on Hayes Road, too. That's probably why. <laughs> the dope dealer. The dope um, dealer in the BMW. All right. Yeah, uh, they did say something about her like being accused of cheating on him and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, ga- I'm going to say that part's true. Oh, yeah. There was enough there to um, be suspicious of her, at least. I mean, why do you think he wanted to check in on her all the time? Mm-hmm. You got to stay on the phone with me so you ain't fucking Dylan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's finish this up. Okay. <laughs> Cynthia <laughs> Speechens. That is fantastic. <laughs> the attorney for the Entrecchios and a former prosecutor for the state expressed the family's point of view. They have a staged scene and a financial motive and obvious lies. Obvious. The standard at a preliminary is probable cause. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I feel like they have enough where they could at least investigate. Yes. Yes. Okay, you don't have enough evidence, but there's enough to investigate here. Do something. She points to the deferring stories of what happened that day from Whitley and Dylan and parts of the crime scene that don't add up. In addition, she said that she believes the alleged discussion of a life insurance policy between Christian and Goodman is enough to qualify as a potential motive. I want to know, was the bitch ever pregnant? That's no, she some... wasn't fucking pregnant. Well, she did. no, I know that, but, like, that's something that they should be... Investigate that? Yeah. I mean, did she have an abortion? Did she have a miscarriage? Was she lying her ass off? Ding, 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 by the way. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> because if she had an abortion or a miscarriage, there would be record of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's ways to investigate this further. We should okay. Be, we should be the police. Oh, my God. We need access to Super Google. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both individuals at the scene had a financial motive to kill Christian. Speechens said. (laughs) Whitley believed that she was Christian's life insurance beneficiary, and Dylan spoke to a member of the Andrecchio family on her behalf, asking whether the policy had been paid off yet, because Whitley's grandmother needed a car. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm -mm. The case was scheduled to be presented. They got balls. Them kids got balls. Yep. Sorry. No, you're fine. They do have a lot of balls. Lots of balls. Okay, I'm almost done. And then I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay. This case was scheduled to be presented to the grand jury, but now that the Attorney General's office has taken over the investigation, the next step remains unknown. A spokeswoman for the Attorney General's office confirmed that they had taken over the case from the district attorney, but could not comment further. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The longer you wait, the more difficult it is to prove a case, in my opinion, DeBose said when he asked, when asked whether he thinks the nearly three years that have passed will have, well, it's not, it's more than three years. (laughs) It's like eight. Uh, (laughs) but it was a quote. Um, will have, that have passed will have an impact on the outcome of an investigation. I hope there's some resolution and we'll know what happens. Okay. 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 Here's what I think had happened. Okay, what had happened? I think Dylan and Whitley were fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think they devised a plan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good. Maybe to 
get him to commit suicide or I I don't know. That that's one thing I've heard, but I believe I believe like most of it is true. I do believe that he put a gun to his head because he did have the gun residue on his palm. I've been but just checking to see if you have your gun on you. Yeah, I you mean he he touched palm. it either way. Like it could have been anything, but he didn't have it. He didn't fire the gun. Yeah. Because it was only on his palm. Yeah. I do believe that there was a heated argument, and I've been in heated arguments, and I've also seen heated arguments where people are like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Da, 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 da. You know, there, I've, I've seen that. Um, so, if he got mad enough to say that, I understand. But, what I think is that maybe when he had the gun to his head, maybe Whitley went to reach for it, and it went off. I think it's possible that it that, that part was an accident. Possible, um, not probable. Possible, not probable. Probable. Well, probably she happened. did it. But what I can't figure out is why where Dylan comes in with the gun residue. Because here's my scenario. Okay, I think it didn't happen in the bathroom. No, it did not happen in the bathroom. I don't know where the fuck it happened at, but it did not happen in the bathroom. They put him in there. I don't think Dylan held the gun to his head, or not Dylan. I don't think Christian held the gun to his head. Okay, I think. The residue got there because they put the gun in his hand after it had oh, been yeah, fired. Oh, yeah, 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 Because you're not going to have gunshot residue on the palm of your hand just from touching your gun. Right. What? Yeah. No. It has to be fired. No. Oh, God, you're right. I didn't even think about I that. I think the gun was fired. And then that. they put the gun in his hand to get the residue on I'm his so hand. I'm so stupid. But they weren't <laughs> smart enough to put his finger on the trigger and everything. I think it was probably in both of their hands uh-huh. because one of them shot the gun uh-huh. and panicked and handed it to the other person. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes more sense. I didn't even think about that. I think there was a lots of panic and confusion. That's why a their lot. stories didn't match because they didn't right. think to match them up. Right. It's so fucked up. But yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, what we learned here is girls <laughs> named Whitley are sluts. <laughs> Hey, if you watch that 48 Don't hours, Don't live though, in Meridian, Mississippi. She's on there. She's on the 48 She's hours. on the 48 She like, showed she re- up. She refused to be questioned and stuff, but she did, like, she gave her side of it. So there's little tidbits of her in there. And she's now a brunette. Ma'am. Mm. Maybe she was a fake blonde. Was she a fake blonde? No, nah, I don't know. Let's, I'm, go, I'm, let's I'm, go back to the notes. I've looked. I'm, I'm going to say that she was a real blonde. Maybe she's going through her emo phase. Mm-hmm. I think she dyed her hair. Her Darker. boyfriend died, and she's in mourning. Well, she's also, um, she's not, like, in witness protection, but she's very low-key. Like, she's not on social media. Because people hate her. Well, yeah, they hate her. Because she killed someone. Um, her and one of her cousins, actually, that she went shooting with the night before, mm-hmm. have filed a $47 million lawsuit against Christian's family for, um... Ma'am! Ma'am? Man, I gotta get her picture off my screen. She's pissing me off. <laughs> they said it was um, what is it called? Deprivation Slander. of character and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, defamation. What did I say? Deprivation. Deprivation. Fuck. <laughs> defamation. Of defamation character. of character. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> my brain is just going. Like I have so many thoughts going through my head right now. I can't even yeah. talk. I can't. I can't. Form Man, words. words are hard. This was shitty. It was kind of shitty, but I think I think it was really good. This was an interesting episode, My but it was pretty red. shitty. My face is red. I got so heated, like I can feel it. 
Oh my God. Or is it the wine? I don't know. The combo. Tea, the tea. It's combo pack. Is it the wine or is it the tea? It's the it's su- super <laughs> set. <laughs> oh God. Super no, set. No, no. Those are evil words <sighs> at the gym. If you ever work out with Delena, which I don't recommend, except for I kind of do, but. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, she's good. But when you but work, we hear the words superset, we're like, we're doing what? There's lots of fuck yous involved when we go to the gym together. Yeah, we're not friends at the gym. We've told her. Mm. We're not yeah. friends at the gym. And she doesn't even care. She gives That's no shit. That's the fucked up part. She gives no shits. All right. Well, mm. enough of that. <laughs> so. We're done. Let's, uh, who's uh, in our douche box? This um, the douche box. All right, let's see. Oh, it's a short one. Okay, good. (laughs) All right, this is coming to you on July 13th. So here we go. Billy Richard Glaze, also known as Jesse Sitting Crow. (laughs) (laughs) Did I catch you off guard? (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) Sorry. Was a convicted American serial killer whose guilt has come into question by the discovery of DNA evidence Excluding Glaze and implicating another man. Wait, there must be more. There's gotta be. Don't do that. Don't. It's not. Are you serious? That's it? Should we read another one? (laughs) What the actual fuck? Uh -uh. What the fuck? So, Billy Richard Glaze. Hold on. Also known as Jesse Sitting Crow, was convicted was a convicted American serial killer whose guilt has come into question by the discovery of DNA evidence excluding him and implicating another man. Billy Glaze. Billy Glaze. July thirteenth, nineteen forty three through December twenty second, two thousand fifteen. Also known as Jesse Sitting Crow, was a convicted uh, I need more. Okay, so here's here's a brief Wikipedia overview here. Yeah. So, he's dead now. <laughs> yeah. He died in 2015. He was convicted Ooh. of rape and murder. He spent 52 years in prison. Victims ranged from 3 to 20 plus. There's no way to know. Um, in Minnesota. But you know what? Blaze was suspected of the murders of at least 50 women in multiple states. Okay. But in interviews, he claimed he was innocent. Tell me, (laughs) tell me why he has a Native American name when he does not look at all Native American. Not one single bit. So, okay, we don't know if he was guilty or not, but he's dead now, so. Who cares? There goes that. (laughs) Well, some people do. Probably the people related to him. So that was an uneventful douchebox, but it was a pretty eventful episode, so I guess it evens out. Yeah, it balances out. Yeah. That's okay. We can, we, there was rock stars. There was boats and hoes. It was a lot of stuff. <laughs> there was a lot to unpack here. <laughs> rock stars and boats and hoes. <laughs> I mean, that, that tracks. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Good episode. Right. Well, this was fun. It was fun and we're done. Glad you came back. Again. Mm-hmm. I'm not singing it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We done with that. Yep. And I guess this is the end. Of this episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> Come back next Don't week. Don't panic. <laughs> this is the worst outro ever. Should we start it over? No, we're just going to say bye now. Okay, bye now. Bye now. <laughs>
Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.